0: brand new podcast look i've taken the hey guys out of all of it i see so many people say hey guys online it's just such a a bad habit hola coca-cola uh this is a great podcast i've known eddie for probably 22 years as long as i've been in comedy and uh it's cool to see who we grow up as men like y'all knew each other when we were young comics I was working the door and he's hustling to get spots and we go up and meet up at the room and have drinks late at night and talk shit about comics, talk shit about comedy, run into David Tell and he'd blow us off and buy us shots and then the bartender would be like, don't talk to him. Um, I've known him forever, but it's interesting to see the guy that he's turned into as a man because he's super active, which I look up to. I would love to be more active, especially in a fun way. And that's what Eddie does. We talk about comedy. He has a new album out right now called Sweet Home, Alabama. Because he lives in Malibu, but it's the poor people's Malibu and with where all the lunatics cut their scrotums open in the middle of the night. You'll understand when you listen to the podcast. You can get it anywhere. You would get comedy on uh, iTunes, on YouTube, Spotify. It's, it's awesome. He's a fantastic comic. But we spend the majority of this talking about his extracurricular activities. He's a, really into surfing and a great surfer. He's an amazing skier. He's into CrossFit. He does ultra marathons, triathlons, ran track in school. We talk about track because I ran track in school, too. Um, This is the podcast where I had to change shirts, but this is I just finished with him. I absolutely love him. He's a great guy, great comedian, and it's a great conversation. My buddy, stand-up comedian Eddie Yift. Are we podcasting? Yeah,
1: now we're podcasting. Okay, so don't talk about that. I won't bring it up. Don't talk about what we just talked about. I
0: think, I mean, personally, I think women are just as good comedy writers as men. But if you don't feel that way,
1: then that's fine. No, I just don't think you should have hit her.
0: (laughs) Well, I would if she wouldn't have stopped yelling the N-word. Your wife needs (laughs) to stop yelling the (laughs) N-word.
1: when i was a I, when I was a little kid i was a i was a ski instructor i was like the youngest ski instructor at this oh, time that's right you can legit ski y- yeah but no not not like good but you, we, but no
0: but you can ski like there's people that go oh i ski and then you go skiing with them and you're like yes snowplow.
1: yeah no i mean i can ski, like i ski raced and competed yeah and stuff you're, like you're that. legit yeah. ski yeah but but like i'm not good there's guys that are good yeah like you see shit on on okay. videos First of all,
0: for the record of for the record of how we would describe things as comics you're an amazing
1: skier. Oh, it's comics. We, we embellish everything. Yeah. But um, when I was a little kid, I was like 15. I was like the youngest ski instructor on our mountain. And uh, I'm there one day and I'm in the chairlift line. And I I don't think I admitted to masturbating yet. You know, like no. you don't admit till you're like 21. Uh, I was I was 18. It was the first time I I was like, yeah, I do it. And I'm in the chairlift line. And they're, they were like locals at this mountain, Seven Springs in Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, like locals, like that's what they do. Yeah. They they become i think they call them gapers i uh, think that's the the gap between that a gaper is the gap between your goggles and your helmet is that what it is that's what a gaper is and so back then we didn't wear helmets this is a long time ago okay so this i saw a girl
0: i saw a girl in portland that had a tattoo that said gaper on the back of her arm and she's probably making fun of
1: no 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 she was no she
0: was a legit i said to her i said that's an interesting tattoo because i only know gapers as women who get fucked in their vaginas, their asshole stays open. Just talked about this. I, I And I was a like, whole podcast and I was like, I was like, is that, why would she put that on her arm? Like we get it. You party, but, and she goes, no, I'm a local. I said, I'm a local skier. And I went, Oh, and I called, I fucking Googled it. And it was like, Oh, it's for a local skier. Sorry, I'm also. This is a
1: long story for such a dumb thing that happened. But this old local dude, while I was standing in the chairlift line in front, you know, like, it's almost like you're packed in this whole group of people. He just looked at me and went, Eddie, you never finished that story about what happened when your mom caught you masturbating. <laughs> and as a little kid, I just oh. folded. And I was like, the whole, everybody looked at me and I was like, I, I did, I, she didn't catch me. I didn't, I, I, and it, I couldn't stop for like days thinking like, how do I ruin this guy? <laughs> he
0: crushed me. Dude, so. I got, I got, um, I, there was older kids were always so good at that. Those, those things. I remember one time these kids, these high school kids. We were in ninth grade, and they pulled up and they're like, "Hey, man!" And we're with like a big group, and I'm off to the side, and they're like, "Hey, man!" And I was like, "What's up?" And they're like, "Come here." I go, "What's up?" And they're like, "Come here, man!" And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Do you want some beers?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Ninth grade, and so I kind of walk over to the car, and the guy lays on his horn as I get up next to the car. Now there's a big group of people lays in the horn, and he goes no, I won't suck your dick. <laughs> and then took off. And I was like, and I was standing by their car, like leaning down and everyone's like, you just asked that guy to suck your dick. And I was like, yeah.
1: There was this Asian comic chick in New York. You probably know, her, I forget her name, but we were, I remember one time we were walking around Soho and she was just being funny. And she, would, we were sitting there, like we're friends. We're just walking. Yeah. and She'd be like, stop hitting me <laughs> in the middle of like public. Good. And I would go, stop and she'd be like i'm gonna do it again i'm like don't do it it's again that that
0: that never made me giggle like those those people that would do that like i had a buddy i had a buddy who named eddie oddly enough i who remember would, the eddie stories and he would he would try to out he would see who would fold like and he would try to hold my hand in public in front of people like when people would yeah. be and i would i never would fold but man he could take it to the next level where i, I sucked his dick one night no i'm kidding
1: <laughs> My brother-in-law and I held hands one day in front of my father-in-law. So it's like, he's married. I'm married to the guy's daughter, and he's married to the guy's daughter. And he's goofy. Oh, it's just
0: that, you're, that your father-in-law has two daughters?
1: Yes. Okay. And my father-in-law is like a big, burly, manly man. Yes. And my brother-in-law is a goofy, like really goofy. What's he do for a living? He's an accountant, but he's okay. just like an idiot. A man's and- man? No, more of like a man's lady. And uh, he's, uh, but just like one day we're just walking and we're all walking in a group and I grab his hand and we start walking together. And to this day, I think my father-in-law is upset about his daughter's decisions. (laughs) Like he, like there was no amusement at all he was just like you know it's like when you do gay jokes in front of a black guy, and yeah, guy yeah.
0: really <laughs> oh don't ever do a gay joke in front of donnell Dude, like we did a whole se- episode on the cabin of trying to get donnell just to do anything bobby and lee and i thought was funny <laughs> put stuff up my ass i mean i i look at that and, and donnell's like no bro no don't fuck with that shit i remember doing when we were on reality bites back we tried to get gotten done they tried to get donnell to wear um leather booty shorts and he, and he put them over his jeans. He was like, no, nah, son, I still got friends. I gotta, I to talk to my friends. I can't be, I don't, I'm not like this. And I was in them. I was in them. No underwear, balls hanging out, <laughs> leather vest, put makeup on me. I didn't give a shit. And Donnell's like, no, nah, I'm different than you.
1: <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Like when you, I have my album coming out, that I'm trying to promote and I message you and you're like, sure, come on. Every white comic I'm friends with was like, sure. What do you need? How can I yeah. help you? Every black comic. Just joking, but the response was like, fuck you. <laughs> or go fuck you. Donnell wrote, fuck you, son. Fuck you, son. <laughs> every single one of my. Oh well, there's only one.
0: But uh every single one of my Godfrey, Donnell. <laughs> Godfrey,
1: same thing. Artie, same thing. They were all like, fuck <laughs> you, son.
0: <laughs> God. Do you think I, I feel like I feel like my formative years when it came to learning how to tell race jokes was around those guys. And then it's interesting because you you do it knowing that's where, that's where the level is, right? Like New York city, you could get it, not get away, but like, I think in New York city, they appreciated a good fucking attempt at, at like being ballsy.
1: It's so funny. Cause I always felt like you got that right away. I saw you and you, uh, cause I think you grew up, you're, you were in that like group that liked, I, I grew up like, white privilege, like not liking rap music. It came right oh, after wow. us where it crossed over and where we were just like, what is this new shit? And uh, <laughs> and so so you were already immersed in that, at, where it was so foreign to me. When I went to college, I ran track and I was the only white guy on the team. Like Sprinter, yep. I was the only white guy. And it was, I came from high school where there was like one black kid and his name was like Thurston, you know, like yeah. it was... It was really uh, different for me. And so they were really funny making fun of me all the time. And I had to figure out, like, how do I make these guys laugh? And and I don't understand their culture is different than mine completely. Yeah. And they would all fuck with me constantly. And I was just like, like, I dreaded track practice, not for how hard the practice was, but for how badly they were going to terrorize me. <laughs> and um, I remember my first track meet, I, I ran against a guy named James Jett, who was an Olympian. Uh, ran for West Virginia. And we all had to run the 200-meter dash. And when we got there, there was like 20 of us sprinters. And there were like 20 heats of the 200 at this the Hardee's Invitational. And I get there and I'm like, everybody's like, who's going to run James? Who's going to run James Jett? Who's gonna? And we had guys Most that were like distance? 200 meters. But okay, I mean, yeah. I, I was a hurdler, but they made us all... Run the two hundred. If- I
0: had a smoking two hundred time in ninth grade. <laughs> in ninth grade, I was like, I had a. I remember them being like, you know, if you work at this, you could, you could get. And and then I just ended up playing baseball. God, I was fucking flying for the two hundred and the four. I ran the two hundred and the four. Four is
1: hard. That's a hard, hard, hard in, race.
0: In ninth grade, I broke a minute, which is hard. Which is it's not. It's not overwhelming. You know, like it's not like fucking. Stop the presses. I think they run it like 42 seconds now. Or that's whatever.
1: really fast in high school to break in ninth
0: in. grade. I in ninth grade, that's in.
1: really fast. My
0: dad was a, my dad was, I could be wrong on that now that I think about it, but my dad was a track, uh was uh like an Olympic hopeful or something. Like he was a, really? He ran track in college. So my dad taught me how to run the 400. And so it was like first 110 is a sprint. Uh, next 200 is long, lean, breathing strokes, like long, like you find your pace. And then the last 100s of a sprint. So, and uh, so I knew how to run that, and like I was running fartlicks in in eighth grade, ninth grade training for it. So I was training. I wasn't just out there running. And then uh, and then where'd your dad
1: run? Villanova. Oh, okay, yeah, we competed against Villanova. So um, when I when I learned to run the 400, because the four hundred was one of my events and the four hundred yeah. hurdles. When I ran the four hundred, my my eighth grade track coach, I think it was eighth grade. No, maybe it was my high school track. I said to him, I said, how do you run the 400? I hated it, but I was good at it. I said, how do you run the 400? And he said, I said, what's the way to stop? And he goes, well, when you come out of the blocks, you want the whole shot. You want to be, you want to beat everybody out of the blocks. And he goes, you got the turn. You're going to run the turn as fast as you can. He goes, and then you're going to try to be out in the lead. He goes, then you have that straightaway." He goes, that straightaway is right in front of you. Just sprint that as fast as you can. He goes, now you just have the last, (laughs) you just have the last turn. He goes, run that as fast as you can. And then you kick. And he goes, and then all you have left is that straightaway to the finish and you go as fast as you can. (laughs) And I was like, so I sprint this whole. and I used to, it was the last, like, I think the four by 400, which I ran a lot, was the last event of a meet. And I used to just sit with anxiety the whole time. And again, it wasn't about about
0: my performance. I haven't thought about this in probably... 20, 30 years. Was the 400 the last event of the day? The 4 by 400 was. The 4 by 400 I ran the 4 by 400 yeah. also.
1: Yeah, and that was brutal because not only did you have to perform well, you had to perform well with the pressure of three other guys going, like, don't let us down. Yeah. And uh, and that, they did that to me at Pitt. It was terrible. But the story about James Jett was he beat me so badly in the 200 that I could, like, I mean, he was, like, 10 meters away from me, which is far in the 200. Yeah. And... When we got on the bus to ride back from West Virginia to Pitt, the coach put the videotape in back. That's how long ago. Put the videotape in on the bus and played my race over. This is a coach did this. Oh my God. Over and over and over. And they just, I sat in the front of the bus. It was like reverse. Like I'm in the front and they're all in the back and they're all just cackling. And they kept saying Eddie Ift got waxed, (laughs) Waxed wax on wax off.
0: you know what's interesting is when i think about i haven't thought about track in forever and it was such a huge part of my life because of my dad but i, I never knew your dad was a a good track at villanova's great oh yeah that's that's my dad's the one who's like uh you could run a marathon no no training get just do it just do it. yeah any anyone could do it and so when i did you that you
1: said you no know, train that was training
0: what's that for the marathon yeah i like, mean yeah i told everyone i ran on treadmills
1: yeah but that's yeah. training
0: yeah no but i didn't train like you know you're supposed to train like. Run thirteen miles. One, you know. I, I never did it. any of that. I just ran like three miles a day.
1: I think that I ran a sixty-eight mile race. And uh, yeah, your fucking sports are
0: kind of uh, are kind of confusing to me because you are a legit skier, surfer, crossfitter, uh, uh, distance runner, uh, like ultra marathoner. Like you're, and I, and it's so funny. I think if people, you're in great shape, but I don't think people see you as a sports
1: guy no because i i did sports radio and i detested it because the last thing i want to do is talk about any sport that i can't play so i don't want to talk football i don't want to talk about baseball i don't want to talk about basketball yeah, how come no. they don't have sports radio they talk about ultra? i'm i watch more i know more about ultra marathoners yeah it's than great. i do or surfing like because it's such a niche thing like nobody likes it and it's It's so weird. I know everything about surfing. I like, I love surfing. I'm obsessed.
0: I'm obsessed with surfing and I do not surf. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. But like, I know so much about surfing and I do not surf. And like, I have surfed and I can surf. Like I, I'm,
1: I'm absolutely obsessed with it to the point where like, uh, I think I'm getting to be known in the surf community with all the like pro surfers as like, here he comes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like oh no Uh-oh. go wait what what way. what pro surfers I'll,
0: my, I'll tell you my favorite pro surfers
1: um favorites to watch well i he, he's like a friend of mine so i don't want to give him any credit but uh it's like one of those things where i like to like make fun of him so i don't like to give him like, yeah so i don't even want to say his name like that much who just say it uh no, I'll tell you, I don't want to give him any... Just like,
0: say it, cover your mouth, and we can bleed it
1: out. No, I'll tell you. It's Albi Lair. Albie Lair? Albie Lair, yeah. He's um, he's a big wave surfer, and uh, I just love... He's a big wave surfer, but he also can do really good aerials. Italo Ferrara is probably wow. the best surfer alive, I think. Uh, John John's great. Yeah. Uh, Kelly's my all-time favorite of all time.
0: Yeah, well, like everyone... I mean, that guy, I grew up in Florida, so that guy was like he's a my, hero he's, to all he's, of us. He's my
1: idol. and And it's funny, like... Uh, like a month ago or so I get this uh, call from one of my best friends that owns a restaurant in Indonesia and uh, he's like Eddie look who I'm with and it's Slater and he's like and I was supposed to go there and he's uh-huh. like and it's Slater going Eddie don't come here nobody wants you here Eddie <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like showing all my I'm like Kelly Slater said
0: you're taking pictures 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 uh, I'm, was- I'm plan I'm planning a trip I don't know if it's going to work but I'm planning a trip with Nathan Florence to go to uh in uh, is it tahiti well t- what What's do you that want to say big, big thick well there's a whole bu- fat wave. Oh, oh
1: that's chopu so is that how you say it chopu yeah i thought it was Tiapu. well chopes is the nickname for it and uh uh so here's what happened to me i was uh i met albie Lair. i hosted the um surfer pole awards and uh afterward i kind of bombed because they put me up you're gonna bomb like any of those i never do any of them because i go i'm not set up my comedy isn't good for that it was i wrote jokes i knew everything about every one of them and i roasted them and i even went up to i think i went up to george no i went up to matt wilkinson before i'm like hey man i'm gonna make some jokes about your partying and he looked at me like why would you do that and i was like so afterwards i'm taking a piss and it was funny. Like all the bad boys of surfing were coming up to me like, man, you're fucking funny. Yeah. And, and like all the corporate guys were like avoiding me like the plague. <laughs> and, I mean, I did one joke about uh, Alana Blanchard. Do you know who she is? Oh yeah, of course.
0: So but she's, she is was Alana Blanchard friends
1: with the young lady who, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, I said uh, that lost her arm, uh, yeah. Bethany Hamilton. I said, uh, I think it was like my opening joke. I said, Albie Lair uh this year did arguably the greatest move in surfing. He did like a 720. It was 540. It's arguable how much he rotated. But I go, it's arguable that it's the greatest move in surfing. I said, I think it's number two to Alana Blanchard's duck dive. (laughs) Because she's always got this thong. And I got booed. And
0: Uh, I bet surfers are very woke.
1: Very. And the, the cameramen aren't even allowed to focus like on a girl's butt or no commentator can talk about it or make reference to it. Oh, I
0: guess they all kind of, yeah. Like, I guess they're, I guess that's like, uh, if, if someone was like, man, I tell you what I love about Sarah Silverman is her tits. That's oh, why she's God, good. Yeah, and you'd be like, you'd be yeah, like, yeah. first of all, she's one of the best comics yeah. in our generation. I don't, I don't even know if she has big, I don't even know if she has big tits.
1: But the funny thing is I heard Sarah saying something about like recently about, being considered a female. And I see women say it all the time. If I get called a female comedian, I've never looked at Sarah as like a female comedian. I'm like, she's a comedian.
0: I've never looked at her in, I've never, I mean, this is going to sound silly. And I think you'll probably agree. I've never looked at her in my league. Like she's always one league ahead of me. She's like, she's a fucking like, she's
1: fucking, yeah, I'm scared of her. She's so funny. I don't, I don't definitely
0: don't think of her as, I don't think of her as a female. I I mean, I guess maybe I do see her as a, she was the first comic I ever saw where I went, she was wearing sweatpants and like a fucking NYU sweatshirt or something at the Boston Comedy Club. And she murdered. I, I, I didn't,
1: saw, I saw her on Caroline's comedy hour, her and Rogan. And they were the two that were dirty. And I love them both. I was like, this is before I even started stand-up. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, they're saying shit. I've never heard comedians say on Sarah, TV.
0: Sarah is fucking epic. I love, I love Sarah. I love Janine Grofflow. I love, but I, I, I don't, I mean, I guess you could say I, I'm certain they uh, identify as female comics because they're they. They're, I'm guessing every fucking male comic is a fucking piece of shit. That's all that I've can assume based on being a male comic. I've. I mean, I remember. I remember what's his name's, uh, Maron's ex wife rolled in to start with. Mishna, Mishnah Wolf, Mishnah. Mishna. and I do remember how many people wanted to have sex with her. Like how many people were like like cock blocking each other and just fawning all over. And I you're just like, talked
1: about this with my friend. Most guys, I remember one time, who was it? Uh, April Macy or one of my friends. Yeah. Uh, April said Macy to me, was someone who was like. Oh, you're one of those comics that got into it to get laid. And I'm like, D- isn't that why every male does everything is to attract the female species? I was with a
0: group of comics and, and uh, a, f- a female comic. I only say female because it's important I gender her in this story said any comic who tries to have sex with his fans and leverage that power structure is a pig and that is sexual assault and i was with a bunch of guys who are all alt comics and they were like (laughs) we can't fuck our fans and i was like i was like "I've, i've been married i've never been able to fuck my fans and they're like hold on we're not allowed to fuck our fans like hold on like and you can see it in their head. They're like, the only reason I got on stage is so women <laughs> would find me attractive. Like, the only reason I did this was to fuck people that find me funny. Like, I've never been able to fuck people. I need them to know I'm funny. So I got on stage. Like, it was... I was li- watching them. That's that's not... That can't be right. And they're all fucking...
1: I know. Woke. It's like, why do it? Why get into it? Like, it's too hard. It's
0: too I hard to... fucked one person that found I was I was funny once. But I was too young to... For there to be a power dynamic.
1: I haven't found one person that's found me funny. So (laughs) I haven't been able to fuck anyone that found me funny yet. My wife doesn't even find me funny. My wife
0: definitely doesn't (laughs) find me funny. I said a joke last night. I said, you know, you're bloated when your wedding ring is too tight on your finger. And I wasn't wearing my wedding. And she goes, you're not even wearing your wedding ring. I said, it's all my, I go, you know, you're bloated when your wedding ring doesn't fit. And she goes, you're not even wearing your wedding ring. I said, it's all my necklace. And then that bloated. And she goes, it's funny. Yeah. She goes, I don't get it. I want to. Bert, she's from the South.
1: Yeah. Fucking. Shit. <laughs> My wife is too. Oh,
0: anyway. Wait, sweet. So wait, go back to go
1: back to surfing. Oh, so, so, I, so I really so, think
0: I really think just so you know, I genuinely think
1: I could get towed in. Okay. So before you go, because I heard you say this, I Albie and I met in the bathroom at the urinals and he goes like this, dude, sorry for surfers. We're really dumb. And I he goes, you want to do a shot? And I used to have this regular gig that I did over in Oahu at the North Shore. Yeah. So I went and I and I do shots with him and we party all night. And then I saw he came to my show at the comedy store and then uh and then we hung out a bunch of times and partied. And one night we were out with the editor of Surfer Magazine, who I know who uh hired me. And what's his name? Uh Todd Pradonovich. There used um, to be
0: a guy named Jesse that used to uh that worked for Surfer that would send out these tweet these texts to people. Do you, never mind. Keep going. Keep
1: going. Anyway, long story short. Uh, Albie made fun of me. I broke my elbow one time surfing with him and uh, my elbow just like cracked off the olecranon bone and I didn't even wipe out. I was paddling. And he's like, what the fuck? And I, so he's joking about that. And he said something about like me. It was like two foot surf. And he's like, you couldn't even surf a two foot wave. And I go, well, how have you know That man's greatest fear is speaking in public. So what I do is much more dangerous than what you do. And Todd said, oh my God, this is great. He goes, Albie, and this started five years ago. He goes, Albie, we should get you to do stand-up because he's really funny. Yeah. And he goes, and Eddie will get you to surf a big wave. So I agreed and I said. I want
0: to see if I I
1: follow him on Twitter. So I agreed to go to. Baseball Albie. A-L-B-E-E. So I agreed to go to Toto Santos, which is this big wave out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, I know Toto And I was going to surf Toto Santos, but they wouldn't let me tow in. You can't tow there. So why, that, why, why? Who, who? Because uh, it's Toto? just, it's like, they don't, they it's don't, not fair. they don't want surfboard or they don't want jet skis out there. Okay. Like guys that paddle in don't want you. It's kind of bullshit. It's well, like makes Mavericks. Sense. They don't want to, they don't want you towing unless it's really big. There's kind of rules about to- like unwritten rules about towing. So So then they all talk me into, as they start this project, they talk me into doing Jaws. And they're like, you're going to tow Jaws. So cut to, it's been five years now. I have done all the breath courses. I have done, uh, I've gone out with, done the towing, done the practice towing, gone to the big waves, gone to everything. And about three weeks ago, I went down to Hawaii to Jaws and a big swell was coming. No. And uh, Albie is like, has written like two jokes <laughs> Like he's so not and he. as soon as the pandemic happened and uh surfer magazine went under uh my first text was like to todd and and albie and i go i guess i'm off the hook <laughs> and you know because i told them all the whole time i said if i get there i've got kids i see this thing yeah oh I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pulling out and but but don't you think hold on
0: just keep you tell your story
1: and then i'll yeah so Albie, when we were being interviewed, because they were going to do this like seven part series on it, Albie goes, Mm -hmm. I go, you don't understand, Albie. Mine is way more dangerous because I could die. I could like die doing this, but I've practiced the vest, inflating it underwater, you know, everything. He goes, no, no. He goes, I could really die. He goes, I go, what? You could just bomb on stage. He goes, yeah, but I'll kill myself (laughs) if I bomb badly. (laughs) And I'm like, it's not the same, dude. You don't understand. You'll feel horrible. I'll die. Like I'll yeah. die. So a bunch of my friends, like I'm friends with this guy, Jamie Sterling, who won the big wave awards. Jamie's like, just let me take you. I he goes, you're going to, he goes, I know you, you're going to love this. And it's going to become like an addiction of yours. And when I did do towing, I wasn't towing big waves. I was going off camp Pendleton and just doing like overhead, like maybe a couple feet overhead. And I was like, I fucking love this. Wait, so So what is the difference between
0: like, I mean, I know the difference between paddling and towing, but I feel like to- you could, I feel like, a, there's a bigger level of people that could tow into a wave and ride a wave successfully, way
1: easier to tow in. way easier, way easier to tow in. Cause you paddles where you the, you take the drop where it's scary. Cause that's gotta, the, that's you the gotta hard get part. from the down position to the up position, which is where the perilous point, that's where you're, that's your danger point. And, uh, and if you're not going fast enough or you haven't paddled hard enough and you're, you get yourself at a, a, a point where the, the waves breaking on you or, or, you know, you're, you're not deep enough. Whatever. There's so many different things that can happen. Whereas towing, they're pulling you into it.
0: How fast are you going when you tow? Because that's the other thing. I go. Um, I watch Kai Lenny a lot. Like mm-hmm. he had a really big summer or winter. Yeah. And uh, he, I see, I, I see them tow in, and I just go, "Well, I could do this."
1: And then before the wave starts breaking, just get the fuck out of it. Well, it's well, you're trying to go for the shoulder. It's it's like snowboarding with an avalanche chasing you. But what you have to understand is the wipeouts, I and mean, I've had some bad wipeouts. I've surfed all over the world, in the Maldives, in all over Australia. I've surfed every wave in Australia. I've surfed um, uh, you know, uh, New Zealand, uh, Hawaii, every uh, South Africa. When you get held down, even for a little bit, it's fucking scary. It's terrifying. And I have this, I've, we've talked about this. I have claustrophobia, which is a fear of being trapped. And there are times like these guys talk about it. I've never been held down like this where you are being pushed by the wave onto the reef or the ground, like the sand underneath you. Like it's holding you onto the bottom. I said, I'll never do it. I'll never do it. I was like, how deep am I going to go underwater? And he's like really fucking deep because Jaws is not a um, it's not it's not like a big it's a deeper one like i'd rather surf jaws than pipeline because pipelines like you're gonna smash on the reef i surf the waves around all around pipeline but i never surf pipeline So was like that's too scary yeah, well yeah that makes no sense it's almost like, like i call myself an average surfer average and like there are guys that want to murder me for this experience that i've had and gotten to do and uh and i have to like reiterate like i'm a douchebag and this is why they're doing it's almost like funny that I'm risking my life for this. But uh there were a lot of people mad about it too. Like if we talked about it, I'm like, are they gonna am I gonna upset? And they're like, Yeah, because everybody wants that wave. And if you're out there and you tow into one that is their wave and you average surfer out there, well, like the best in the world, or but we were gonna like the goal was to get like the day before this the big swell or the day like at as the swell's dying. Yeah. And my other thing is I like to go left instead of right, and Jaws is a right. Yeah, and the left is even more dangerous because it's rocky, but I really like going left, and uh, like I'm a much better surfer left.
0: I've I've just for the record I've only gone right.
1: Oh really? So
0: yeah, I've never like so that's how little a regular. Folk. That's how little yeah. That's how yeah. little yeah. amount of surfing I've done.
1: Yeah, and so I can tell you that getting up on a on a tow board is hard. For real? Yeah. If you're if unless you were like a really good wakeboarder. Or, or okay then you're fine it's uh it's just like wakeboarding but uh uh i grew up water skiing so it was like fairly easy for that step-offs are hard where you you sit on the back of the jet ski and you they pull into the wave and, and then you, you just, dive yeah. off and then pop up those are pretty hard to. i mean like a good surfer is like they're fucking easy and i was like this is fucking those, scary
0: those kids are i say kids because i think i mean they're probably a lot my age but they're just so, you know, there were kids growing up when we were kids that like Sal, uh, Sal Karenante could get on anything and ride it immediately. Just better than anyone else. And you were like, well shit, you should try surfing. And he's like, yeah. And now here we are growing up surfing, but not ever doing any good. No one ever was good at it. I mean, some guys were better than others. I just, I I sucked. I mean, I, I really sucked. And, Uh, But Sal Caronate got up first time,
1: fucking. Yeah, I've seen guys do that. I've taken guys to surfing and they get right... I found it of all the sports I've done, uh, surfing maybe the hardest. Uh, I tried uh, windsurfing. I found that really hard too. Yeah. Um, It just, but I when I went windsurfing, I had the wrong size kite or wrong wrong size uh, sail, and I was just getting the shit kicked out of me. I went windsurfing when I was a
0: kid in. I don't know. My dad got me windsurfing lessons and I was maybe eighth grade and I, I thought it was awesome and then never did it again.
1: Yeah, it looks. I don't know. Like I found snowboarding simple. I found like skiing came very easily to me. A, a lot of sports came easy. Golf was hard to get good like because it's not my mindset like i'm like a really bad golfer and i started when i was like four you know like my really oh my dad my brother's a scratch and my dad wanted me to be my dad wanted me to be a football player and a golfer and neither of them
0: (laughs) oh i golf (laughs) came to me very quickly um with no lessons just uh very easily i don't know why we just all started playing at the same time me and my friends it was that we were all playing baseball and our moms would just drop us off at babes of Harris in Tampa and you'd play in the morning, have lunch and then play in the afternoon. And then our moms would pick us up and then we would go to baseball practice. And for whatever reason, golf just for all of us came really quickly. And then still to this day, I go out and play pretty handily. Like I think people are always shocked that I'm as good a golfer as I am. Cause I never, fucking like how play. good are you?
1: I'm terrible.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm, good enough to play with uh like you know in a good skins match like i can i I can i'll push a couple of them and maybe win a couple but like I, i'm scratch go- not scratch go- I'm sorry uh bogey golfer maybe like
1: so, yeah i i like to break 100 for me is like
0: wow yeah what a i mean good day but but it, well if here's the thing is like if you can i i say the first day i go out and play i'll play really good and everyone will be like god damn it man you're good and then the, as i keep playing it gets worse.
1: Yeah. That would happen to me too. I get bored. Like I can do nine holes pretty well. And then 10, 11, 12, I have a group of guys that I play with who were lifeguards with me in New Jersey. And when I, they're the only guys I play golf with and I'll go to the East coast and they're like, Hey, let's play golf. And after about three holes, we are so drunk (laughs) that golf carts end up in lakes. Like the, every single time you drive away, you're, your bag yeah, has been like unhooked, it. and you drive away with your bag on the ground.
0: Well, I had a period of time. I had a period, like a year, full year, where I played golf twice a day, every day, for really? a year. Yeah, yeah. Me and here, Gary, out here, out here. I joined a country club with Gary Valentine. Oh, I get and it. we uh, we played every day, twice a day. We play in the mornings and then play in the evenings. You didn't every have kids day. then. Didn't have kids. Yeah. And I was, I got good. Like I got really good around that time i
1: never knew this
0: yeah yeah i was but, and, and then there would be periods where i got really obsessive with golf i can get really obsessive with golf where i start playing a lot but i, play, I don't like to play with other people i like playing by myself
1: i want to get back into it because i just feel like now i've figured out how to probably get good at it with like my mind because i've like worked on my mind a lot and yeah. breathing techniques and stuff like that that i think i could focus better and also enjoy the peace and serenity of it where before that was like the antithesis of what I wanted. Now that I have kids, I'm like, oh, you mean I could go somewhere and walk? Yeah. On the green carpet for four hours away from my children screaming, and so I think I'd enjoy it now. But my wife has said to me, "If you pick up another fucking hobby, well,
0: yeah, because you're also really big into CrossFit. By the way, I've been watching a lot of CrossFit lately, <laughs> a lot, like a lot. Like I could talk specific numbers with you about different <laughs> events where I go, like because." I'd never, I'd never deadlifted in my life. I'd gone, gone to CrossFit and done CrossFit, but I never, like, I have a meatheads mentality. Yeah. So, like, when I got to CrossFit, all I thought was, this is all shit we did in high school, and you guys are all doing for your first time, and I don't have a lot of time for that. Like, I'm not investing in this. Yeah. I, I felt that way. I was like, I've already done all this shit in my life. I'm doing this to try to get in shape, and if I don't love it, I'm not going to be here. So, like, we'd, go, we'd go, you know, they say whatever the fucking thing was deadlifts i'd be like i i didn't have any ego about it because i because i just didn't have any ego about that's it. that's funny because crossfit's all ego <laughs> and so I, I would say that the guy carlos was his name really cool guy which one did you go to uh horsepower i don't know i don't even remember it was right by my house I'm trying to think uh what la i, I don't know I I uh look Le- angelino's crossfit is that right i don't know it. anyway the guy was i would just be like hey man just tell me what i'm doing and he would be like oh yeah 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 and he'd be like uh you can probably do a hundred and i was like okay so i throw it on and then do it it wasn't until i started working out here where i was like i did dead we did deadlifts max out do you I have was, a
1: do you have a gym on the uh, compound
0: oh you haven't seen my gym yeah i want to see it oh you'll see after it's yeah. pretty awesome but it's i mean i gotta it's all you know it's i mean nothing like super heavy but like but we did uh deadlifts and i forget what, what how much i did was it like 305 is that is that like a that's heavy yeah i, I forget i really honestly forget so if um if i remember calling tom and being like what what can you deadlift and Tom, you know tom's dad yeah, was i think you told
1: lifter. me tom tom deadlifts a lot
0: tom is his dad was like olympic powerlifter oh i didn't know that yeah yeah and so his tom grew up around weights like that's he just grew up around him and he grew up around doing the exercises so he like tom with his busted knee and busted hand did like 185 10 times the other day uh-huh. and then sent it to me i was like and his form's fucking flawless like he looks great doing it um but yeah and so now i'm like really and i bench 235 the other day and That's i was good
1: like, i have i have a terrible bench press but i don't know what i can still deadlift but i think i got up to 475 it's impressive i think i think i could probably it's funny i was talking to a guy like the dudes i hang out with you know are freaks yeah and um uh the funny thing is this thing called the I was just talking to Rob Orlando the other day, who's a really, really strong guy that's been in the CrossFit games many t- I do a podcast about CrossFit. Yeah, that's right. And I've been doing it for like, t- like 10 years. He said they had a cold deadlift bar in this gym that they just set up and when you walk by it, you had to lift it. No warm-up, nothing. You just uh, and they just kept increasing the weight. And everybody when they would walk by, they would just pick and I go, What'd you get it to? And he goes, just right below yeah <laughs> Jesus, cold cold like it's one thing to warm up yeah like when i did 475 i probably did you know 300 for a while 350 for a while 380 then you know get to 405 410 415 you know like just walk up to almost a 600 pound deadlift that's insane yeah there's freaks of strength and i've look i get to see it and the i got into it because you've been into it a long time yeah what happened when i got out of track i started doing triathlons and I hated triathlon. I hated triathlon. I'm doing the Ironman this year. Just Are now, you really? like you said, no training. I'm, I'm training. I train every day, but I'm going to do the Ironman without like real Ironman training. Like I like to mountain bike, so I probably won't do a lot of road biking. Yeah. Um, oh, 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 fuck.
0: Well, oh, I road biked from, I bought a bike for the triathlon. Yeah. And loved the biking portion of my triathlon hated the swimming hated the running yeah. loved the biking i like
1: the swimming it's kind of cool especially uh, if swimming it's a, was terrifying if, especially me. if it's in like a creepy environment i like it swimming was
0: terrifying for me i, I but it was a very life defining moment life affirming moment. which one did you do uh some fucking lake castaic or something oh yeah
1: did you do uh olympic distance or uh sprint Spr- sprint uh
0: yeah. clydesdale division oh <laughs> that's what they call fat guys there guy goes Clydesdales and I go what's that and he goes it's for you and I went what's that like older people and he goes big guys furry feet yeah and so but I love the biking and then my buddy hit me up Casey over at Preston Steve was like hey we're riding bikes from uh, Philly to Atlantic City you in and I was like yeah fuck yeah why not what's that about 100 miles no I want to say it's 65 will you see how long it is and I was like sure that's not what that doesn't seem that bad
1: how, how long is it? It depends on where you are in Philly. It's it probably was, eighty miles. Six, Yeah,
0: dick. And I said I'll never. Did ride they go this
1: down race? like those country roads or? Yeah. Oh, that would suck.
0: It sucked. I had anal sex with the state of New Jersey. It sucked. The roads sucked.
1: Biking didn't just fucking
0: biking, and my asshole was raw. Yep. Sixty-two miles. I think it was sixty-five is what we ended up doing, and it was. I mean, that last run into Atlantic City where you're where the wind is blowing at your Uh. face and you're going over the bridge Uh. oh fuck that that was so hard this podcast is brought to you by tushy i am in georgia without a tushy and i am losing my mind see it's not just about cleaning shit off your ass sometimes in the south you get a ton of juices on your asshole it makes it itchy as shit and then you try to wipe it with toilet paper and it's just not worth it i'd rather have water clean water cleaning my ass all the time Think about it. If, if you had ass juice on your sleeve, would you just wipe it off? If someone pressed their ass onto your jeans, would you just be like, oh man, you get a new pair of jeans, you get water to it and soap, and you clean it. You wouldn't just smear it and spread it with, god damn it, as if poop wasn't a must. Summer's all here, and, and we've all got ass sweats, butt sweat, swamp ass, you name it. In the South, we called it swamp ass. Get yourself a precise, angled, steep, steady cleaning stream nozzle that cleans itself. Starting at only $99, Tushy Bidet installs in under 8.5 minutes and requires no electricity, no additional plumbing, so you can just have a clean ass all summer. Attach Tushy to your existing toilet, drop trowel, and watch your anus say, wow, if you don't love the idea of cold water on your bum, get the Tushy 3.0 spa or the spa 3.0 for an added bonus of temperature control. Mm, warm, clean buttholes. Are you kidding me? I'm telling you, this will change your life. Go to hellotushy.com slash burkcast to get 10% off your order and free shipping. Everything is curbside. Everything's on demand these days, whether it's movies, my freaking doctor visit. Uh, I, my lunch will be coming any minute now, curbside. Uh, everything is, is dropped off, delivered, and, and super touch a button. And your customers, if you have a small business, have grown to expect a simpler way of doing business no matter what your product. That's why more than 90,000 local businesses of all sizes, Have turned to Podium. Podium makes doing business as easy as sending a text because when texts get open, business gets done. All your employees can text from a single box, offering a smoother experience for your customers. Answer questions? Answering questions? Send a text. Collecting reviews? Send a text. Scheduling an appointment or delivery? Send a text. Payment or collection? Just send a text. Car dealerships are are selling more cars by offering text messages. There's a dealer who just sold a $50,000 truck in four text messages. Home service providers are responding faster and winning more jobs than their competition. Retailers are increasing revenue by allowing customers to shop via text messages. Local service professionals keep clients longer, collect payments faster. A dentist in New York just had a million dollars in overdue collections. Send everyone a text. Bam. Payment requested. $700,000 $700,000 in 10 in 2 weeks. Today's customers expect on demand everything even from local businesses. Stay ahead of the competition with Podium. They have free plans for growing businesses plus all the power growing businesses need to scale. Get started free today at podiumcom Burt. That's podium.com/bert.
1: So, the iron man that I said I was going to do um so I was looking at all the different Ironmans to do. And I was like, if I do, after I did my 68 mile run. Because they have a bunch set up around the country, right? They're all over the place. And the weird thing is I went to sign up and they're all sold out. Really? They're all like, and that was my whole thing is like, I see these guys that do the Ironman. They get the tattoo and they buy all the merchandise. And yeah. They're like, I'm an Ironman. And I was like, oh, I'm going to fucking, I, I know I'm going to get my ass kicked and I'm going to probably eat my words. Because I was like, ah, I'm going to do this with fucking minimal training and blah, blah, blah. So. I said, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna look for the hardest, scariest fucking Iron Man. So I started Googling. Oh. I found out there's this one in Norway called the Norseman. You swim in like 50 degree water. Uh, Jesus and God. then you just ride these like hilly, icy roads. And oh, then you're so I went, I hate surfing in cold water. So I was like, fuck that. I just don't wanna like be miserable because so then I looked up the the second hardest one is the bear man uh-huh. out of france and these aren't registered Ironmans, but they are iron man length distance but much fucking harder yeah and you literally you swim you start at night you swim at night and then because you're going to go a lot longer than an iron man because of the the of you the, of the altitude night. then your bike is a stage of practically a stage of the tour de france so you are going in those mountains oh my god and i live in the mountain you know like the mountains that i ride i yeah. do you know Vertical feet like every day, like a couple thousand up and down, up and down. I was like, oh my God, like these guys are going to ride 112. Miles. That's like, insane. I, insane. And I was like, how do you do this? And then you run in the hills like that. And it said you have to completely, like, there's no aid stations. You're completely like packing your own stuff and having your own stuff. It's just supposed to be, they only let like 200 people do it. And I was like, this is what I should do. I should do this because, like, if i can do this i can do anything yeah and uh so i it's one of those things where i have to like be calculated and think like at what point might i die and then how much life insurance do i have like i I never
0: see that's my problem is i never thought through i never thought you could get hurt doing any of these things fuck yeah and then and then when i did the, the the triathlon was the funnest thing i ever trained for and i trained for it i trained for it with men's health like they got, oh, me yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. they got me like a trainer and he get, told me what to do. And so I loved swimming. I loved it. The I, training
1: or the swimming.
0: The- I love the swimming. What I would do is I go, there was a, there's a place on, um, um, is it on Riverside? On Moore Park Maybe there's like a place where it's no, no, no. It's on, uh, yeah, it's on, it's on Riverside and you just, and it's, and it's a pool and it's got an outdoor track. Oh, and nice. so I would just go, I'd ride my bike down there, I, which is, it was only three miles from my house, ride my bike down there, swim and then run. And, uh, and I loved it. I fucking loved the training. And then when I did the triathlon, I was very anxious because I didn't know anyone there. That's and what the race is. it
1: kills you. It fucks you up because you can't sleep the night before Couldn't sleep
0: the night before hadn't drank in like a, in like two weeks. Yeah. It's ter. I, it's a terrible feeling. And then, and then they, and you don't know, like I was just lost. And then they, we did the swim and I got out, I got out like doing the swim, going like pace yourself, pace yourself. It wasn't a very long swim. It was like a sprint triathlon. And I get out and I'm like touching the toes of the guy in front of me. I'm like, the fuck's this guy doing? Like, and then I look, I'm like, I'm in third place. I'm like, are you fucking serious? And I'm looking and there are people swimming in the wrong direction. And I'm like, are these guys fucking idiots? I was so stupid, Eddie. I thought. Like an idiot, I I ran, I swam with the people in the pack, as opposed to the people that were off to the side were just like, oh, I don't care. I don't want to get trampled. And when I got to the buoy, I did this move that I'd seen, only seen online, (laughs) never attempted before. It was like a rollover turn. And as I rolled over, the guy behind me swam on top of me and pushed me down. And I started sucking in water. (laughs) And I literally almost, I'm not even lying. I almost had to wave to a person on a paddleboard. Like I'm actually dying. And then I sat there, I was like, hold on, you have swam your whole life, you're not going to drown right now, but you know, you start panicking, you're like, <laughs> I'm exhausted, I can't catch my breath, and then I was like, get on your back, and just float, <laughs> yeah. and get and just get yourself in, yeah. and Leanne thought I did, the, the, Leanne and the girls thought I was dying.
1: One time, one time I was at a triathlon, and uh, it was in the Bay in New Jersey, and I love to talk and I'm just talking, talking away. My captain of my beach patrol, my old beach patrol happened to be there competing. So I'm having a conversation with him and we're talking, we're talking, you know how they put everybody in, in stages. Yeah. All of a sudden my mom comes over to me, who's at the race with me. And she goes, Eddie, and your, your, your stage is by your swim cap, like the color. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like yellow. My mom points and she goes, isn't that your stage right there? And I look and they're all like, they're gone. Like they've swam, oh they're God. like halfway to the buoy where they turn around for like a half mile swim or something and they're already like a quarter. And I go to the, my captain, I go, and he knows me as an idiot. He's like, you again, you know, yeah. and I'm like, I'll see ya. And I run as fast as I can to the starting line, which is like hundred meters away. I sprint to there and I dive in the water and I sprint to like catch up to everybody. Oh. And then I get there and I'm like, ah, ah, the sucking ah, air. Ah, ah, and I've got to do this whole race then. And I'm like, oh my God, I just destroyed myself in the first three minutes. So funny. Um, I was, my friend owns a place over in Hawaii, a, like this land actually right near Jaws. And um, he's like, did you go to my place? And I'm like, no. So he showed me on the map. He's like, look, I own all this land there. I go, why aren't you building? He goes, i oh, like, <laughs> so hard nobody wants to build because they break in and steal everything
0: oh for real (laughs) dude the house i'm obsessed with is jamie o'brien's house oh because it's right in your pipe oh he's got like the baddest fucking house yeah
1: i used to joke um we always wanted to go to the volcom house the volcom house is where they have all the parties and um it's jerry lopez's old house and volcom the, the surf company bought it and they put all their groms and all their young surfers in there especially during like you know the winter months when everybody's surfing pipe and all the the triple crown over there. And uh, I've watched all these videos of like life in the Volcom house. And I was like, God, if I was a kid, that would be like the place to be all these hot chicks everywhere. And but bands I bet, are I bet playing. you just
0: get lost in the, you'd, you'd never become like, be a good surfer. You just get lost in party ball. Yeah.
1: It just looks so fun. Like they have these like bands that play for free out on the deck and you know, it, it's like the place to be. So we used to joke. I used to have this guy, Alex Gray, on my podcast. He was a Volcom surfer. And we'd be like, Alex, Volcom house. We want to go. We want to be like the old guys there. We just want to go and observe like all my surfing buddies. And then when I did surfer pool, I get off stage. And like the head of the Volcom team comes over. He was an Aussie guy. And he's like, mate, you fucking hilarious, bye, bye, bye. mate. And they're all like, dude, I can come back to the Volcom house. And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, we're going to fucking party tonight. And I got my wife. She's like up in. The hotel room in the bed, and I'm like, uh, how do I, how do I blow my wife? I think our daughter was with us, and uh-huh. I'm like, how do I blow that? We, and my daughter was with us, and I'm like, is that bad? <laughs> I
0: I've, like, I've definitely tapped out. I've, I've, <laughs> I've, left my daughters to go party at a fraternity house before, <laughs> and just, and just be treated like a god. These kids are like, dude, you're the fucking legend, and you're just like, I know, I know, I know. What do you guys need to know?
1: I have one story I can't tell because the times and another one, I was at Southwest Louisiana state doing a college show. Yeah. And afterwards, and I would party a lot with the kids. I liked,
0: I would, I used to love it when I was younger. I used to love it. Yeah, I loved it. And then one time these kids hired me to do their college and they said, you know, the reason we hired you. Right. And I was like, no. And they're like, we've got DMT. We want to smoke DMT with you. And I was like, ah, you got the wrong guy. And I've never part. And then, and then there was like a time where I was like, you, I think it was it was before even before like cancel culture, but I was like, I was like, I feel like I'm too old to yeah, be around yeah, these people.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of that, but I still did it. Um the uh <laughs> Southwest Louisiana State, I was like probably like maybe late 20s, early 30s. And these kids were like, after the show, they were like, and no offense to anyone that went to school there, but it's like deep south. Like I didn't want I just wanted to get on my plane and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And they were like, hey. Come on, we're gonna go out and have some drinks. And I was like, "All right, I'll just do it politically." Like, yeah. So I go, and they took me to like this like convenience store where people were playing cards, and we parked on the lawn. Oh, it was like, man. So then they said, "Come on, we're gonna go to a bar now." So I went to a bar, and they lined up shots on the bar, and everybody's like twenty kids, and there's twenty shots, clear alcohol, and I do it. And everybody does it with me. And I felt like I like was poisoned. Like I started burning and I was like, what the fuck? And I seriously had this like fear of like, yeah. that they poisoned me. Like, what was it They're Like that was grain alcohol, motherfucker. And, oh, I did, that, like, and a, that
0: doesn't taste well.
1: No, I did like it a does, full shot of it.
0: Doesn't taste good at all. And
1: then I go, I look at all these kids who did it and I go, how did you all just do that? And the kid goes, we were drinking water. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus. Oh, great prank. So Got me. cut to full blackout, full blackout. And like, there are little, like when I say blackout, I don't mean like blackout, wake up. I've had that like probably twice in my life or three you times. You mean like where, a gray out? Yeah. Okay. Gray where I remember pieces. Like I remember playing golf. I remember a barbecue. I remember just like roaming through a fraternity house. Um, then the kid the next day, like, called me or something the student and he's like man that was the night of all nights he's like when we ran through that wall like we went through a um drywall like we ran in the fraternity house and it was like trash and then we just ran through a wall like a whole oh, bunch of us man. we cooked like creepy meat on a um they made a barbecue out of a shopping cart and oh then but here was the best he's like that was he's like the golf the golfing was hilarious they lived across the lake from the Dean's house and I was teeing up golf balls and just hitting them at the Dean's house, just golf ball. after. I go, come on. And he's like, man, he goes, like, you must've hit like 50 golf balls at the Dean's <laughs> house. And he's like,
0: just here you are with a beef against Dean Wormer and you don't even go to school there. You're a grown man. Your kids are at the hotel.
1: But Fuck you big. But every once in a while I'll get like an email from a kid from that school that's like, remember that
0: (laughs) i partied with this i partied with this company called palantir and uh what do they do they do like cyber security i think i'm not really certain they do like security for the united states and you did a corporate for them i did a corporate for them and uh and i just ended up partying balls with these motherfuckers and they were like and they're all i'm sure they're all billionaires now all those kids but they're all just like you know, Silicon Valley kids that all lived in fucking in Maryland, you know, working for the government. And they had heard me on Elliot in the morning. And they're like, hey, we want you to just come and tell the machine story. And so I was like, deal. I showed up. And they're like, you want a drink? I was like, of course. And then all these kids are millionaires. And we just go in. I tell the machine story and they're like, awesome. Let's go upstairs and smoke cigars. And they're like, have Cuban cigars. I and mean, it was just like a dream. It was a dream. It was like so much
1: fun. And then I fucking but where were you? You were at, in Maryland. Like, but where, where did they have the show? At their office. Oh, that's awesome. They just awesome. brought
0: me right into their office, and they were like, hey, we'll introduce you all the people. Took me around to all the people that, like, all the people that, you know, ran the company or whatever. It was awesome. And then I brought that company up the other day, and, and uh, Nadav, who's with, you know, for Two Bears, One Cave, Nadav was like, uh, Palantir is like my my dream company. I, <laughs> I don't know what place. they are. What do they They're do? like, I, I don't know what they do. Do you know what they do, Halston? Cybersecurity or something? They helped me when this kid I had a stalker and, uh, well, maybe this is off the record, but, uh, I've had a few stalkers. <laughs> I get, I get, I get, I, really, I get some really high-end people that, uh, that dis that get obsessed with me. You're like, Oh,
1: yeah, I don't get any. St- I mean, I've had like some weirdos. I had one that was really weird that, uh, he was nice and he was funny. And I'd have him like, he'd come to my show. We came to one show in Minneapolis and he was like really funny and got so fucked up. I put him in a phone booth on stage and then he started smoking pot in the phone booth while he was in there. And he was like the hit of the show. And then after the show, he was like making everyone laugh. And I brought him on the bingle bus and he was really funny. And, and then he got weird. He got like I know where you live. I know your wife's name. I know your, and he did, he like knew my address and, and he's like, I'm going to kill you. And I kept telling him, you can hear it on the podcast. It was like, ha ha ha. And then at one point you hear me go, fucking stop, stop. And I went and he kept doing, I go, if you do it one more time, I literally told him like afterwards, I go, if you make a joke about that again, I go, I'll let you know if he's like, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to kill you in your sleep. I go like this. I go, I go, I'm not going to call like security, but I I'm going to kill you. Cause I was like, how can I like scare?" Like it was, I knew he was joking and, but he thought it was so funny, but he it thought got to the, really commit to it. Was it got joke. to the point where I was like, this guy's maybe mentally ill to some point. So I was like, maybe I got to out scare him. So I was like, I hope you come to my house. Cause I'll fucking kill you. I'll murder you. Oh, well cut to, I go to, like, I went back to Minneapolis, like, maybe six months later or something. And uh, I get a tweet that says, if you show up in Minneapolis, you won't live to see 2018. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, and I call someone that knows him. And I'm like, is he? And they're like, yeah, he's fucking weird and blah, blah, blah. And, like, a week later, he killed himself.
0: Jesus.
1: And that's when I got all, that's when I got a little weirded out. My partner on my WODcast podcast used to be a, he was a SWAT team guy. And I was like, dude, he's like, you got to get a gun. You got it. I'm like, I'm not getting a gun. He's like, you need to, you need to protect your family. You need to have a gun at your house. And I'm like, I'm not getting a gun. I was like, he's like, then get a dog. I'm like, I got three dogs. We had two at the time. And he's like, he's like, you got to get a, the right kind of dog. So we did that. What what kind of dog? Well, I was going to get a Belgian Malinois. That's what, I think that's what Bernie Schaub
0: got and then had to give it back.
1: Well, because it was like
0: too fucking intense of a dog.
1: That's what's happened. So I met, here's the funny. thing like I know a bunch of Navy SEALs from CrossFit and everything. And this one guy was like, I know this guy who trains dogs for the SEALs. You need to get this. So I call this guy and I'm like, Hey, I want to get, I want to get one of your Malinois. he's like, all right. He's like, where do you live? And I'm like up in Malibu. And he's like, okay. He's like, "Uh, my dogs go for like a hundred thousand dollars. And I'm like, did you, did you just say a hundred thousand dollars?
0: That's the one. That's, that's the kind. Yeah.
1: And I said, did you just say a dog that lives like 12 years? (laughs) And I was like, I was looking for, uh, you have any like mutts? <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what, I was gonna splurge and spend $2,000.
1: No, I really thought, cause he's gonna train them, I thought 10,000 was justifiable because they sell like Frenchies for 5,000. And if this thing is like trained to the hilt. And so then I found another guy that it would be cool them.
0: to have a dog where we you like, go check the door. And he's like, well, oh yeah.
1: If you see the shit Malin was I just saw one that runs up the street, catches a thing, does a backflip, lands. I, and I'm not joking, I'll show you the video. Yeah. I was like, this is cool. Then after talking to enough trainers and everything, cause I was, this was like, I researched this for like a year and they were like, the only problem, the prey instinct of Malinois, you've got a, li- I've got a two-year-old right now. They're like, your kids are wrestling sometime. It might see them as prey. It might attack your kid. Jesus. And I was like,
0: not for a hundred thousand dollars. I was like,
1: I'm not, I'm not risking it. So I have cattle dogs that are really good, really well-trained, really protective and everything. I started researching on all these ranch sites. I found this dog called a McNab dog. Donovan. <laughs> it's, it's this dog. It's big. It's black. It's slow. I almost brought it here today. It's good in the pocket. It's, it's, it's only 16 weeks old, but it's, uh, I was like, I can't bring a puppy to his new house, but, uh, see <laughs> it's like, this right. here. It's they're like super trainable, but I Googled the other day and one of the things in the main thing, it says these dogs are known to run a hundred miles in a day with working cattle. Oh my (laughs) God. (laughs) biggest nightmare ever like it's my just, wife my wife has to walk in the morning i have to take it out i take my little kid's motorcycle and, and just i run, run it beside me and then i take it on a bike ride later this dog does it's 16 weeks old and it's doing like 10 miles a day and it's still like doing laps around our house and it's like it they're like supposedly like smarter border collies Jesus. and i just wanted to be like protective but also nice with the kids <laughs> yeah and it's every
0: <laughs> i could man we got bull mastiffs and the first one we got was so lazy that we were like this is the dog is that the
1: one us. that needed like 42
0: surgeries five surgeries five <laughs> surgeries four legs five surgeries <laughs> I, I, and and she was perfect and then we got a, a one another dog to keep her young and this dog's a fucking psychopath
1: ours was the opposite. We got our dog. We have a 12 and 13 year old. We yeah. got the, the puppy to hopefully keep the others. It did the opposite. It aged them. Oh, like in the last 16 weeks, my dogs have gone. Like they're like into retirement.
0: They're like, Oh, is he someone, someone had the funniest joke. They go, I got a dog for uh, I got a dog for protection, which is great. Unless you break into my house with a ball. <laughs> I forget whose <laughs> joke that was. That was a good joke. And so, uh, but that's izzy if you break into my house with a ball she's like oh cool let's play catch
1: why and and tell then, that on the show
0: <laughs> and then and then uh and then we got this and then priscilla died and izzy was by herself Oh, priscilla
1: he, died i'm sorry to hear that yeah it was tough. how long ago uh
0: june no Oh, i'm sorry to hear that june or july maybe
1: wow fuck
0: he, No, it can't be a year ago it's got to be like maybe october or so, i don't know yeah, it was sucked man it was sucked um but we got another dog to kind of keep. Another busy. Mastiff. Another Bull Mastiff. Most beautiful dog in the world. But man, this dog is dumb as fuck and pisses on everything. Oh, Jesus. Leanne is livid. Yeah. She's like, do she's fucking. She's. he just gets up and just stares at her and
1: just looks like he pisses on the couch. She's like, what the fuck? Pre kids. Women love dogs. Yes. Post kids. Women hate dogs because their priority shifts to the kids. And like kids are in enough trouble that the dog is then a problem.
0: I think my wife likes the dog more than the kids right now. How old are your kids? Fucking now? 16 and 14. And we are in the thick of it. Really? Like just, yeah, just everything. Cause you're,
1: like, you're scaring me so badly because oh, I think I'm in hell.
0: It's, uh, it gets, you know, you, there's a moment right now where you say, I can't imagine that my daughter would not like me.
1: Oh, don't tell me that.
0: And then, then one day they just do not like. you. Oh my you. god, that's like, like they don't worst. like you. They don't want to be around you. It's my worst. They nightmare. like they're like ugh, gross. That's like, my worst nightmare. Right now I have them. They have. They have to give me a hundred hugs before I leave, and it's been a week now, and they still have ninety nine left. Like they just don't want to hug you. They don't want to be near I you. I say to
1: my wife sometimes, I'm like, will you just call your dad and tell him you love him and like hug oh. him and like go see him? And she's like, why? I'm like, because I want my daughter to always do that for me like i don't want to think and to see you not like you moved my wife moved to australia away from her family yeah and i'm like i can't i can't let my daughter ever do that like oh
0: georgia she's getting ready looking at colleges and everywhere she wants to go is so far away and i'm like
1: why she goes i just want to be far away from here (sighs) and i'm like why would you want what's wrong with you i drive by pepperdine every day it's right down on the street from us i point at it and i go that's where you're going to college Izzy, and you're gonna live at home
0: (laughs) i want georgia i go why don't you just go to community college get good grades (laughs) to like spend one more year here like I'll, i'll don't worry i'll pay for everything like yeah she wants to go to either oregon or boulder or two choices or somewhere in maine
1: And I was like, why would you want to go to fucking Maine? As long as it's like a major city where you can fly in and out of it's fun. But like when they have to drive three hours to the airport and you're never going to see them. Why the fuck? I go, why would you like nothing against Maine? But Maine's like anyone who lives in
0: Maine knows it's not. It's not the Stephen King novel you've read. I've performed in Maine. I've performed in Maine also. Maine has the scariest people I've ever seen in my life. It's like
1: West Virginia, but uh, West Virginia, but on the coast.
0: There are great places in Maine. Don't get me wrong. Beautiful places. But then there's also not.
1: That, we don't have to talk nice about it. You're never going to be big there because Bob Marley has it con- cornered.
0: I did Maine. I did Maine <laughs> recently with Shane Torres. It was me and Shane did Maine. Uh, I forget where in Maine. It was Portland, Maine. Uh, we did Portland, Maine. And fucking awesome show.
1: Bob Marley has that place down. God, man, he does. Like, Like it's its own country. <laughs> it's such a smart move, man. Like,
0: so like, think about it. Like how much money do you think? Do you think he probably makes more money than the average comic and just doing?
1: Oh, way more. Yeah. I worked with him once. I did a college with him in
0: Bob Marley. For people that don't know is not the Bob Marley you're thinking of.
1: No. And he's one of, he's hilarious.
0: He's one of the funniest comics I've ever seen.
1: Hilarious. He can tell a
0: story and do, and, and he's a great storyteller. And he's so talented at like making you see the characters in the story. Like he's so good. But he lit, he grew up in Maine. He was a big deal in Maine, and then came out to LA, did a bunch of stuff, did yeah, a lot a, of stuff.
1: Had a lot going on, and then just moved back to Maine. It's kind of like Justin McKinney did the same thing to New Hampshire. Is that is he in New Hampshire? He's in New Hampshire, and he's look like now the way this is and the internet, you don't need to be anywhere. There's no reason to no. be in Hollywood uh, at all. There's reasons to be in Hollywood. I don't think so. Like it, it is, if you want to pursue acting,
0: if you want to if you want to make movies and and. If you want to make movies, you got to be in Hollywood. I think.
1: Yes, and not if you're
0: big enough. No, not if you're big enough. But if you're at, at where we are, if you w- are interested in making movies, you kind of got to be here. I mean, I, honestly, it it has it hadn't. I don't think so during the pandemic. But I think when things open up, I think Hollywood will pick back up pretty heavily, and and because I think they have a lot of money to make up, and there's a lot of projects that have been just sitting yeah. at bay. I think you got to be here I, for for podcasting and, and shit like this. I, you don't
1: need to be. I just love, yeah, I love the Zoom podcast. I love, I, I tried to move. As soon as the pandemic happened, I was like, let's move to a ski resort. We'll just live at a ski resort oh, and it'll be great. great be? And my wife just shot me down at every turn. And I was like, come on. And I like, I like land. I want, I want like 30 acres. Oh, I want, yeah. I want property. I want to live. And like build like a compound, like a real like.
0: I wanted I wanted a compound my entire life.
1: I went the other day. My buddy bought a house. I'm, I'm friends with this guy. He's a maniac. His name's Hunter McIntyre, and he is. Uh, I love Hunter. He's one of my best friends. He lives up in Malibu. He is the uh, seven time world champion in obstacle course racing. He's one of the fittest guys in the obstacle world. Obstacle course racing. He runs a. He runs a. Mar- He's 215 pounds. He runs a marathon under three hours. He qualified for Boston this year. He runs a five. I I commentated a race he ran in a ten k. He ran five minute miles the whole way. Like and he's two hundred fifteen pounds. He can he can he uh, deadlifted five hundred pounds and then ran a five minute mile. He's a. Wait, is this
0: guy have a, a, a YouTube channel or something? Yeah yeah yeah.
1: Wait, have I seen this guy? Yeah, probably. And he's I always he's always on my guy. stories. I think I follow yeah. this fucking guy. So he bought it he's an idiot of like all the comedians we know he's a bigger idiot than all of them like i'm trying to compare him to someone he's like he's maybe i don't know he's my new jason he's
0: a fucking interesting looking dude yeah so hunter mcintyre i'm gonna have to give him a follow so anyway (laughs) i like this guy already Subscribed. So breaking a sub three-hour marathon. Is he a fucking big dude too? Strong as
1: fuck. Um, so he broke the Murph world record, did it in 34-10 with without partitioning. Anybody who doesn't know, Murph is uh, it's in honor of Michael Murphy who died he, lone survivor. He was one of the guys that stayed and kept shooting and died. And so they dedicated a workout to him, which is a run a mile, and then it's a hundred. 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, run a mile, with a 20 pound weight vest on, and uh, most people break it up and do 5, 10, 15. So 5 pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 squats, 20 rounds of that. But the, so they
0: run the mile and then go 5, 10, 15. Yeah, 5, five 10, 10 15. 15.
1: And that's how I usually do it. Hunter did it unpartitioned, which is way harder, way slower. You do the 100 pull-ups, then the 200 push-ups, then the 300 air squats. So, and the weight vest makes it a whole different world. I've done oh, it bet. with with and without the weight vest. Uh, I had panic attacks wearing a weight vest. Yeah. Well, imagine running that last mile with the weight. Vest. It's like brutal. Anyway, he he did it, and he trained for it. Did it in thirty four ten, and he's he's just a freak of nature. Jesus, freak. Of, Donald Trump Jr. did it, and said he does CrossFit. Apparently, for real, for real. Said he did Murph on his Instagram. He goes, he, this was a few years ago. He was like, "Hey, uh, had a tough, uh, had a tough one this year. Only did it in like, didn't wear weight vest and only did it in like 3417 or something. It was some, some time that he could, like, like a pro time. Yeah, and everybody's like, um." You're a fucking liar and like the the comments just went oh, like man. bullshit and then ha- it was funny it was divided it was like so partisan it was like half of them were like you're the man DJ you know D- DT Jr D- and D- then D- the, J- and then the other ones are like you fucking liar there's no way you can do that i see your 10k time you can't run a fucking I see your 10k yeah, like time. well you can figure it out by somebody's like if he said he did it in 34 minutes and his 10k time he's running like 10 minute miles well there's yeah. 20 minutes there, in yeah, his, 2 miles so now you're doing what's called Sydney which is the middle portion in 14 minutes. You can't do that's not possible. So it was a lie. And then sure enough he deleted the post. And it's like why you don't lie to the CrossFit community is so nerdy. Yeah. But back to the compound. So Hunter just bought a place. He lives in a compound in Malibu that is fucking amazing. With a bunch of other people. With these two these two guys own this compound where they have multiple houses and they let people is stay it on there. the beach? It's up Latigo Canyon, like up on this mountain. And it's amazing. And he can do all his training up there, but he decided he wanted to buy a house at altitude for training. Yeah. So he bought this house up up near Big Bear. And I went up there Saturday with my other friend, Bobby, and uh, Crazy Bobby, who's a nutcase too. So we drive up there. And we're driving around, and it's a weird town, Crestline, California, and it's weird. Yeah. And he goes, I met this lady at the coffee shop, my friend, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, she your friend? He's like, Yeah, I met her. I'm like, She's not your friend. You just met her. He's like, Let's go over <laughs> to her house. So we drive up this mountain that during snow, there's no way you'll ever get up or down it. Yeah. We get to her house, and it's this the best view I've ever seen in my life. It's incredible. Up on top of this mountain, with this view of this lake and not a house to be seen anywhere she owns and i go in and i meet this woman and she's this older woman and we start talking and there were a lot of crosses in the yard and it and when i say crosses i don't mean just like the one you put over your bed i mean ones you could put jesus on like really like that big and when i say a lot more than five Fuck. and uh you know with like like the drapes hanging from my Bobby goes, that one's got the footboard. Like, (laughs) like like, like, I'm like, that one still has the nails in it. you know. (laughs) So we're, she's giving us a tour of the house and it's all carved wood that her husband did. And he passed away years ago, coming to this big bedroom. And she goes, now this is where we did the Bible study. This is where the Bible study was all Uh the time. She goes, we'd have 43 people in this room. So we go down, we go through a secret door where like the bookshelf moves. We go in. She goes, now this is the real fun. We go into the gun room and, you know, multiple guns. The guy owned so many guns and she was showing us like these guns that I had like never heard of. And then she goes, now this is the room where we made the bullets. And like, so then oh, she goes, wow. she shows us, she goes, so we do Bible study there, then target practice out there. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm in like, Waco.
0: This I'm- is, this is <laughs> legit. That is, that is the recipe for fucking, uh, fucking Ruby Ruby Ridge. Yes.
1: And I'm, I'm in there, Hunter, Bobby, not thinking twice about it. And I'm looking at them like, do you know where we are right now? Like, this is where it goes down.
0: I got obsessed with Ruby Ridge for a little bit. And I'm like, Hunter,
1: you moved into this town. There was a church every 10 feet. I'm like, do you know who you're living with? I'm like, you are in that town. Gas or we went to the the grocery store. Not a mask on anyone. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, did he move there to train? And he's living there now. He goes before the season starts, and he trains it out. CrossFit season. Uh, OCR. He races these races called High Rocks, and he'll do like Tough Mudder and Spartan races.
0: Oh, those obstacle! I was so confused when you said obstacle courses.
1: But he's an idiot. He just went on a Spartan. The guy that owns Spartan, Joe Desena. Yeah, I know he, that. Guy. He just went to. He was. He was just on Rogan.
0: Oh, that's how. I Joe know that
1: calls guy. him and has him do like dumb shit, and he has him come. He went to his house. To wrestle an Olympian, and I'm like, you wrestled in high school. He goes, yeah, but I'm heavier than this guy, and I'm in better shape. <laughs> watch the YouTube; he gets beaten like a minute. Really? <laughs> this wrestler just fucking.
0: He's only mile. got seven thousand subscribers. I can't wait to fucking watch some of his videos. His
1: Instagram; he's got a lot. He's uh, he's really really funny. What's his Instagram? I got to follow him on Instagram. I think it's at Hunt the Sheriff.
0: I uh, see. I he can did get... the beer
1: mile, so we did the beer mile. But you, yeah, someone was telling me about, what is that? So you chug a beer, run a quarter mile, chug a beer, run a quarter mile, chug a beer, run a quarter mile, chug a beer, run a quarter mile. I thought I could do it in eight minutes. It took me 1055 the first time. The second time I did it in front of my in-laws and my wife's grandparents, and I puked in front of all of them. How do you spell McIntyre again? M-C-I-N-T-Y-R-E. M-C-I-N. No, M C. M. I found him, I found him sheriff hunt the sheriff yeah
0: um so wait so tell me about the beer mile because this is an interesting one keep going
1: so you chug a beer run a quarter mile 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 it's got to be 5.3 or 5.1 i think which is like budweiser um some people say bottle some say cans there's a world record i had Corey melton the world record holder on my podcast what do you think he did it in
0: uh okay i'm gonna say six minutes
1: okay what do you think how fast Try four fifteen. Look it up. I think it's four fifteen. It might be four. That's 12. fucking insane. Insane.
0: So I let me. I'll tell you my. I can tell you my beer.
1: My well, beer. I can tell you. I tried it, and it took me ten fifty five. Hunter swore he could break six minutes. So we went to Malibu High School. <laughs> I wonder what I could do. He ran the first lap in sixty seconds. He chugged his beer in eight seconds. His second lap. He didn't even make it a quarter of the way around and started puking. Are you serious?
0: (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't puke. I I, see. We did. We did
1: puke. You get an extra lap.
0: Oh, fuck that. We did. We, me and Matt Fultron went and did, they had this, uh, this bar run in Des Moines. Was it Des Moines? I think it was Des Moines. It might've been Omaha. And and they, no, it was Des Moines. And they were like, we're doing a, a bar run. It's a bar crawl. Um, it's a, 5k and we're like oh cool so i tell matt i go this will be fun you i think you run for the first bar you've got to have a beer at every bar i'm guessing i've seen i saw something like this yeah. on man versus Dude. Yeah. so we get there and i go well we might as well have a fucking cold beer before we start I'm like, well, who gives a fuck <laughs> yeah we're just running to Why get another not? beer yeah we ended up having like six beers each before we even started the race oh jesus and they we get in a thing and we're like so what's the first bar we're stopping at and they're like what do you mean we're like, where's the first bar? Like, wait, should I just follow people? And they're like, No, 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 this is just a five K. We drank like six beers each and didn't, and there was no bar crawl. It was just a five K that ended at a bar and everyone was gonna drink at the bar.
1: And so we did it fucking wasted. Yeah, I did the I did the Las Vegas marathon drunk. And really? shit faced. I think I've told you this story. Um, I was in Vegas. Las was,
0: Vegas marathon is one I would like to do. It happens at night, right?
1: No, it's you start in the morning, but I'm
0: thinking of the rock and roll marathon.
1: That's what I did. Yeah. Oh, I thought it, went, it happened at night. No, I started because I was drinking all night, all oh, night. Oh. Like one of those never went home, stayed yeah. up. So I was in a diner at like five in the morning, asking people what they were doing, why they were all dressed. And they're like, we were on the marathon. And I started talking shit. And then this guy's like, yeah, you couldn't fuck. And I'm like, I'll bet you. And my buddy's like, go do it. So I, I I I talked to a doctor about it. He's like, you're an idiot. You could have died.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing that always surprises me is that you can actually die if you go do a marathon hunt, rate Like, it's not yeah it's not smart
1: somebody dies in like every marathon there's yeah. like one person that dies of a heart attack in every one
0: i got to mile 22 and i went oh i now i know why people train for these because my legs are seized up and my my quads yeah. were seizing up into my oh. they were like seizing up and i was like
1: oh that's why you train I, had, for these. I had that the other day on a bike ride my quads seized up because i just rode too long and i didn't bring enough electrolytes i seized up and i just like rode to the side of the road i was coming back on a and I lay in the like bushes, hoping my wife might drive by because <laughs> I, I, I was like, I was like trying to get them to unlock and I'm like, oh fuck. And I've had that happen like a million times and I'm just like, ah, and I'm like, I can't get home. right
0: now. It is summer, which means bird dogs are back. If you don't know what bird dogs are, they are the go-to summer short in my opinion. They're all-in-one. I get up in the morning. I put on my bird dogs. I go out to the gym because they have this great inseam. uh, Not inseam. In-liner. Great liner. (laughs) I'll work out on the treadmill. Get off the treadmill. Jump in the pool with my bird dogs. They're a bathing suit. Get out of the pool. They drive so damn fast. When you throw on a nice collared shirt, your bird dogs match with them perfectly. A nice nice, uh, white Oxford, in my opinion. I've got two pairs of bird dogs I put in rotation nonstop. They are the Searsuckers and the American flag they my favorite go-to short in the summer because you grow with them on. You have a cold beer with them on. Hell, if you drink enough, you'll pass out with them on. And here's what's great. Uh, bird dogs. If you go to birddogs.com and enter the code BERT, they're going to throw in a free bird dog whistle tip football. That's, that's like those little Nerf footballs we had when we were kids. It's the must-have beach toy or the must-have barbecue toy or the must-have backyard toy. Even if you have girls, boom, there, I said it. I raised my girls throwing footballs. That's right. That's birddogs.com. Use the promo code bird and boom, a free bird dog whistle tip football with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off. I promise. Sweet, so tell me about what's your training look like? Like when you, what's an average day look like for you?
1: It's like, always really random and different.
0: I'll tell you my day today. And then you tell me your day. Like, like, give me an average day. Today, I woke up legit hungover for the first time in a long time. Legit hungover. We partied. We did a big Easter party here last night, yesterday, and I started drinking at like 10, 30, 11, 30, and partied all the way until 11 o'clock at night. I woke up at six feeling, I mean, I mean, piss sweat coming out of me. Uh, came over, worked out with my trainer at seven to eight, did a podcast at nine, uh, did a conference call. Oh, no, 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 I'm telling you my day. But my training was, and then I'm going to run tonight uh, when I get home and I'm going to run. But my training was, um, 2k row bot. We do, we're doing boxing, uh, just fight training and then, um, 2k row fight training and then, uh, 10 pushups, 10 dips, 10 pushups, 10 dips, 10 pushups, 10 dips, uh, shoulder presses. And then, uh, and then what are these called those when you have the weight and you're doing a push-up but you pull it up to your body uh so like renegade rows renegade or something rows, yeah renegade uh 10 renegade rows 10 squats three times or four times maybe and then close out with 300 rows in under a minute and push presses it's way
1: more than i do
0: and so i it was a it's a fucking beast sweat out all my impurities felt amazing like but that's what i'm doing that every day you like you don't something.
1: feel overtrained
0: I feel very overtrained, actually. You are. I feel really overtrained. <laughs> like today, my fucking my forearm started your, hurting.
1: Your cortisol levels are what I'm worried about. Yeah. um Oh,
0: I'm, I'm very and
1: yeah. If you're not doing to so push, if your extensors and your flexors, so your flexors, everything that you do gripping will will create muscle I'm right definitely here. Definitely not
0: going to drink tonight. I, I'm really overtrained.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, overtraining is like, you got to just worry about your sleep. You got to worry about like, I'm very, I'm very careful about my training.
0: So wait, so then tell me about like, what does an average day look like for you?
1: Every day is different. Some days I might do like a, like a Wendler thing where I'll go like five, 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 three, 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 two, 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 one, one, one. Is that for weight training? And I'll just do like squats and then, and that might be, uh, I'll do that. And I might do like a small run, you know, like a, like a two miles easy. Yeah. And then the next day might be, uh, 10, meter dashes. Um, but I'll also do like work on my shoulders or something. And then the next day might be a three hour long bike ride. And then the next day might be, I go surfing and then I'll do, uh, uh, I'll do a CrossFit workout. It'll be like a 15, 12, uh, 15, 12, nine of like, uh, power cleans, uh, power cleans, burpees, and, uh, Pull ups, you know, like it's. Jesus. So I'm very strategic about um not overtraining because I used to try to do like two workouts a day. Every I day, I do two workouts
0: a day. I'm, I'm uh-huh. definitely
1: overtraining. Yeah, and so
0: I and just, I'm still fat as fuck.
1: Well, that's probably because your cortisol levels are through the roof. Yeah, I'm. I I'm not sleeping at all. Yeah, that that your cortisol. Get your cortisol tested. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever get blood work done? yeah i get blood work done yeah uh, but not lately He's. uh uh did you ever get a dexa scan
0: no
1: dexa yeah, scan will scan your whole body tell you like where your fat is where you're oh i know where it is i don't need to scan to tell yeah me. you'd be surprised really you'd be surprised oh fuck yeah i found like i had some in my hips and i was like how do i fucking fat in my hips and um it's just good good to know your bone density it's a really good yeah. thing to do do a dexa scan uh body spec does them um and then do uh, inside tracker will do your blood work and tell you like what you need to eat more of, what you need to eat less of. They're gonna be like less wine. But you'd be surprised how much you need like sodium, magnesium, potassium. Like there's stuff like that that people are missing out on so much. Like the sodium, magnesium, potassium thing is like, and just alcohol is a fucking killer. That's well, I'm I mean, right, it's a yeah. killer. It's That's so, why I'm
0: training this hard is that I can't, it's kind of confusing, but I don't wanna lose my lifestyle. I like my lifestyle, I have fun.
1: But alcohol, but I, I believe, breaks down the protein synthesis. So, like, when you're – look, at our age, it's hard to build muscle. It's fucking yeah. all about retention of muscle unless you're taking testosterone. So, it's really, really difficult. I'm building awesome muscle right now.
0: Yeah. I Like, uh, I'm, I added an inch to my arms and my shoulders today. I, was, I said to Leanne, I, like, flex my shoulders. I go, I have shoulder muscles yeah i have just shoulder muscles they'll all well if you
1: haven't done a lot of weight training yeah it's easy yeah yeah. yeah. oh oh yeah
0: like right away yeah just from zero to here
1: yeah see i've done so much like it's hard for me to put on like a like any muscle at all yeah like all i have mine's just like maintenance and like trying to retain like i'll do i've got this so i live in the mountains where it's like i have these trails that are just unbelievable behind my house thousands and thousands of acres of trails like horse trails and mountain biking and so I'll go out there and I have all these loops. Like I have a, a one and a half mile loop. I have a three mile loop. I have a five mile oh, loop. I'm so jealous. And I'll go run these. And I have a five mile straight up the Saddle Peak Mountain. And I have this one called the Bulldog, which is a 15 mile loop that we do twice. That's a 30 mile loop. Jeez. And you have to go up a thing called the elevator where you climb uh, about 3000 feet. I'm sorry, not 3000, 2500, 2500 feet in 3 miles. Oh my god. And it is brutal. And you if you do the bulldog twice, which sometimes we do, you got to do it twice and it's just and then there's one up and one down and it c- goes into Malibu Creek State Park. So, uh which I live like right on the edge of. And Hunter lives on the other side of it. I can actually like mountain bike to him and uh and he ran the 68 mile with me. I ran the 68 mile run. I was the only non-professional. Uh, Tommy Hackenbrook who was number two in the CrossFit games we had like a Navy SEAL dropped out (laughs) really (laughs) so what got you in what got you into these ultra marathons I just because that seems like
0: such an odd it seems like such a odd specific thing people get into and then that's the only thing they do other than like Kim Kim Haynes I um, hardly
1: trained for it I hardly just, just I did I would run like like three miles every other day and then on like weekends i would do like i did like a five miler a bunch of times then i did a 10 miler then i did a 15 then i did a 30 and then i was ready hunter told me he's like don't do he's like you're training too much he's like you want to be fresh you don't want to be hurt you want to be fine
0: yeah that's that's the one thing i i mean i feel like with running these days is i get so quickly like my body and i i just am not giving myself any time to recover so yeah. I'm, more, I'm trying to run two thousand miles this year and i'm just i'm that's just bad not, on your body i know well it's actually is it actually is bad on your body and yeah. especially when you're 240 it's like a that's fucking- why i still
1: run sprints i go to the track and i'll run ladders like 100 to 200 to 300 400 maybe 500 600 then 500 400 300 200 100 that's my workout and i'm running at like three quarter speed
0: i love that i love those i do this i do this app called active mm-hmm. and they have the best runs Akeem's the best but it's it's like one of my favorite ones are like he's like uh uh are your fans gonna just hate that we talked working out the whole time no oh. i'm f- not, not no not disrespectfully guys i don't really give a fuck it's like <laughs> what, what do you want me to talk about cancel culture like <laughs> fuck that's all anyone talks about any podcast you do is cancel culture and i'm so tired of it that i go i stopped looking at the the feed on my google because all it's it's just the fucking i just ignore it always because people are like aren't you
1: i'm like no it's great i love
0: it offensive. makes it look it, here's the truth is is it makes comedy fun again yeah it's fun and to we get to take chances i want to get back on stage i want to find out where these fucking lines in the sand are i want to push it's the boundaries. Great, yeah it's it's why you got into comedy in the first are you place you're gonna cancel me no, from yeah, i have no,
1: nothing to be canceled from
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's i mean I, it's it's just i don't know whatever i i like but i but i this stuff like this fascinates me especially because i think it's like one of the things that i don't think I know it about you, but I don't think people, a lot of people know just how active you are. Well,
1: to answer your question of why I did the 68 miles, because I was like, I kept joking. I'm like, we should run one more mile to make it like 69. Yeah. (laughs) And everybody's like, you're a child. I was like, yes, I am. Um, There's a, there's a mountain range called uh, with Santa Monica mountains. But if you start the Palisades and go, it's called the backbone uh, trail, it goes from like Tomasco, you know, Will Rogers park yeah. goes from there to point Magoo. And so oh, wow. I was in Malibu during the fires when it swept through and burned our entire town down. And I watched it did. It never got into my neighborhood. It just came like to the edge of my neighborhood. And I watched the firemen. I would stand on the mountain. I never left. I stayed during the whole fire. They evacuated everyone and me and Hunter and Bobby, we are all there. And we watched, and I would watch these firemen and Everybody gave them shit because a lot of houses burned, but no one died. Like two people died. Yeah. And that was a fluke. These firemen are phenomenal. And the shit they do is amazing. And I was watching them fly. And my one buddy's a pilot. He's like, these pilots, they're coming through the canyons. Like drive through Malibu Canyon. There were guys flying helicopters and planes, big fucking planes full of Foschek chemicals that they dropped that red shit coming through these canyons. And you're like, and he's like, dude, those are fighter pilots those are yeah. old fighter pilots become firemen it. he goes he he's a pilot he goes i would never fly with these yeah, winds he's like and then you see these guys with bulldozers they're the they go the firemen were telling me they're like they're the craziest fuckers in the fire department they go in these like bulldozers and they go up where the fire's going on and they plow like roads to stop the fire from burning but they go like what they're chained to each other like one will go like off a cliff practically down really? it and then the other one will pull it back up so it doesn't like fall off and just i'm watching these dudes and i'm talking to them and i'm all day long and i was like dude we got to do something for these guys so i was like let's raise money let's uh and i was like a and i had always talked about it, like let's run the whole backbone let's run the whole backbone." and it's uh i think it's seventeen thousand feet of climbing so that's the hard part that wait not don't not straight no,
0: no, but, just like so you go up, down, up, down. So, throughout the whole thing, throughout
1: the thing, I think there were about seven climbs that were like 2,000 feet. And people don't understand. I that. do, I definitely do. And the climbs were as bad on the backside coming down, that's where you get hurt. Yeah, and your knees are just going, oh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, the whole way down the back. I love the uphills. I wasn't in pain. Yeah. Downhills are where I was in tons of pain. So, you know, you're like in ultras, most guys, you you take a strong, fast hike up the hill, and then you run the downhills and run the straights. Yeah. And Hunter, there was there was 18 of us that did it. Hunter was running to like the front, to the back, like doing was like... I would was love nothing. to have that
0: con- much control over my body. Yeah, he's, Where you're just dialed into your body. I've been there before in my life, like much younger, much younger, where I, I would run, run in... And I'd run up it
1: and run down it and just feel great. Yeah. And then run home and then barely be sweating. I don't think I ever felt great. But this one guy, Tommy Hackenbrook, who played, he played uh, in the national championship. He played for Utah. Yeah. Uh, and he ended up becoming number two in the CrossFit games. He was with me the entire time. Didn't bitch once. <laughs> different... I made up. But the funny thing is, out of the 18 that started, only five of us finished. Really? And yeah, everybody was dropping like flies. And I had listened to David Goggins' book on tape. Can't hurt me. While I was training. And when he talked about stealing souls, every time I got, we'd get, we had four places to stop to get like refuel and fill our water. Yeah. And every time we'd stop, that's where people drop out. They're like, I'm done. I'm done. Yes. And as soon as one of these professional racers would drop, I was just like, just stole your fucking soul dude <laughs> I was like, because i knew from the beginning i was like i'll finish this if i have to crawl oh i my
0: mentality when i do anything like that is just do not stop motion yeah like do i would not take breaks i was just like do not stop the second you stop motion your body's like okay why are we going to start this up again i've i I've, I've done so many of those stupid fucking things and i don't know why i i'm driven to towards them whether it's like the fucking yeah, I, tough mutter yeah. or like I just get driven to them where I go. I, I don't know. My dad was a big would run marathons when I was a kid, and I always loved the camaraderie of after the race. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's fun. Really cool. I remember I took Jim Florentine to run a tw- uh f- uh uh what a half marathon, and uh and he was like he just didn't get it. He by the way he bought brand new shoes, brand new running shorts, <laughs> and he was just like huh, and then he started then he did it he he bailed halfway through went to a holiday and took a shit jumped back into the race and then placed in his age group okay is he that fit no he ran he only ran like four miles out of it like he ran and then <laughs> took his shit and then jumped back in the race and like they were like yeah cheering him on he's like oh i did good and so um he uh it's interesting because anyone who knows races i love florentine this is what's really interesting jim however long he ran at the beginning he passed all the marker spaces so like if you run races for the most part they can tell you what your splits are like where you're at Yes. and but in this race they only had markers for like the first six miles and the rest of it there were no markers and i don't think jim ever intended to cheat at all but if if you were trying to cheat, you couldn't do it better than Jim did it. <laughs> he ran past each of the six ones, and then bounced into a Holiday Inn, had breakfast, took a shit, and then jumped back in the race right before the last marker. And then <laughs> fucking placed. They're like, "This guy fucking killed it." His first six miles wasn't that great, but he really sped up towards the end. And then, and then we had beers afterwards, and he was like, "Oh, this is cool as shit."
1: Yeah, that's what the fun of it is. And we, when we started. It was, we started like, I think one in the morning, like I organized the entire thing. We started one in the morning, pitch back. Fun as fuck. We had to sneak into like up this road that was close. Cause we couldn't get into Will Rogers state park. So we had to like sneak into the entrance. We didn't have permits to do this and, um, going up the first hill, everybody like, so I, my whole thing was, I'm just going to, I want to like walk this at a fast pace to make sure I finish within 24 hours. My goal. Yeah. All these guys start fucking running and I'm like, I don't want to be left alone. It's dark out. <laughs>
0: it's so a I, great motivator. So
1: I start running, you know, we're wearing headlamps and I'm just like, I'm staying with the pack. And I had a, another friend that was like, I'm going to walk it. And I'm like, all right, watch out for the fucking mountain lion. Good lions. luck. Yeah. And, uh, and so in the back of my head, I was always like, if I ever fall back, I know he's back there. So I've got this like stop gap. Oh like,
0: yeah. I, I, got, I can see myself running the whole thing. Just to not get lost.
1: So I knew how we were running pace-wise and everything. I knew we were going to get to what's called, uh, I think it's Yerba Buena. No, not Yerba Buena, past Yerba Buena, which is up in Ventura. I knew, like we ran through (laughs) LA County into Ventura County. Oh my God. I knew that at about six o'clock, it was going to get dark, 5.30. And I was like, we're going to be, we still are going to have like 30 miles left. And I was like, I don't want to do a marathon. And in- I mean, I'm going to do a marathon in the dark. I don't want to be alone. I want to do a marathon. And I myself. lost the whole pack at 17 miles. My knees started like fucking hurting. And I was like practically crying in pain coming down this hill. Yeah. And it was like seven miles down the saddle. And I'm like, I lost everybody. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm going to do the end and just be so fearful that I'm mountain lion bait. You know? So then I had to go up the elevator. I go up the elevator and I just like charged it, no pain. It's kind of straight for a while. I get to this thing and they're waiting for me. Two guys, Hunter and Tommy Hackenbrook, are waiting for me. And they're like, hey, your kid and her school are waiting for you at like uh, Canaan, Canaan Dune Road. They're waiting for you. You got to fucking pick up the pace because they're only going to be there for like a short period. Oh, shit. And your kid is waiting. They got signs and everything. We got a call from your wife. You better fucking motor. And I'm like, I'm in so much fucking pain. And Hunter just grabs like a handful of ibuprofen and shoves it in my mouth. And he's like, take this, let's go. And like, I think I forget at that stage, we might've had in and out or something. Like I just house like two in and out double. And I'm like, let's fucking go. I got to get there for my kid, my kid. And I ran like so fast. Like I'm just on Hunter's tail the whole time running that. And so I got to the kid and I was like, Ibuprofen. I never. Yeah, I don't take a drug ever. Yeah, ever. Don't Tylenol. Ibuprofen. Nothing. I take like natural shit. I was like, this shit's amazing. I was like, I feel like. No wonder they don't let Barry
0: Bonds use steroids. (laughs) If this is how ibuprofen feels,
1: I was like. I got, everyone's like, how'd you finish the race? I'm like, have you ever taken ibuprofen? It's (laughs) it's
0: fucking amazing. Ibuprofen is the greatest thing I've (laughs) ever had in my mouth in my entire life. My daughters were waiting for me at the end of the LA Marathon. And it motivates you. And it motivates you. I definitely ran harder than I should have at the end of that race. And they only saw me for a second. I was like,
1: eh. My wife said to me, why are you doing this at one point? And I go, because I'm going to show the kids you can never quit.
0: I, I wish that, I wish... That my life lessons, the things I've done, see everything I've ever done, my kids look at as a foolish adventure. Mm -hmm. Like, why would dad run a marathon? Yeah. Like, I told him, I'm running from Dodger Stadium to Santa Monica.
1: Oh, yeah. I rode that. And they were like, like,
0: why would you do that? And I was like, because, like, and I was like, I don't know. One day you'll go, like, well, shit, maybe I should do something like that. And then, like, they'd go see me at the Spartan race or at the Tough Mudder or at the fucking neanderthal race for all the i've done all i've done almost all of them and the inflatable race the fucking i've done them all for tv mostly but and my daughters are just like and i i it's funny i can't get them to get out of their comfort zone in like in physicality except for georgia and this is the one place Georgia and i have bonded is georgia loves my trainer and and well that's good and so she um my trainer was in there one day and was like, Georgia, let's see how much you can deadlift. And all the girls are in there. Mm-hmm. And then, so Georgia starts to deadlift. She goes, let's see if we can deadlift. You can deadlift your weight. You should be able to do your weight. And Georgia got up like 140. She definitely weighs below that. She's only fucking 16. And she was beaming with pride. Oh, that's awesome. Beaming with pride. And then the other day she was like, I'm kind of curious of like what I can squat. And then you're like, Oh wow. Like maybe we're finding, they're
1: still young. They're still young to find it. I mean, I, i've brainwashed my kids i mean the little one the two-year-old comes in and has his own little plastic weights that he lifts while i lift and yeah and the the girl uh the girl I um, the way
0: you said that the, the female the one, girl's
1: a star she's fucking unbelievable she can do 10 pull-ups already she's how old is she six she's um 14 God. pull-ups is a record um she Jesus. is uh i'll take her on the trails and she'll outrun me she's like she's a freak um but like stuff like today, she goes, "I'm bored," and I go, 10 burpees." Like if she says I'm bored, she has to do ten burpees. And uh, I'm like, "There's no reason to be bored. No ever, reason to be ever, bored. ever. No one should ever be bored." Now that we have cell phones, we were bored. I was bored as fuck. You can't be bored with the cell phone. It's impossible. But I don't want my kids. I don't want to be. I'm,
0: I'm. I'm. I hate my cell phone. I hate my cell phone. I'm, we're going uh, camping this weekend. so I'm leaving Monday for three months. We're going camping this weekend. And uh, I so badly don't want to bring my cell phone, but then you want it there because you want to videotape stuff. But and I a just videotape, want to be
1: in the and moment. you want to. Uh, there's times you need it for certain things that, like, you can find out. Like a million times, I'll be somewhere and in a bad situation, and I need the radar to know. Like, oh the yeah, story. yeah, yeah. A
0: cell phone's super fucking handy.
1: But like everyone I know, and I'm in so many different things—from surfing to like running to to CrossFit to comedy. Everyone I talk to who's like good at what they do hates social media. Everyone hates it. And I, all I hear is people talk about wanting to get off it. Like, and they'll go, oh, it's so necessary. And blah blah. I just deleted all the people I follow and blah, blah, blah. And everyone I know hates it. And I'm like, why do we all do it if everyone hates
0: it? I'll tell you what, I'm the exact opposite. I just discovered TikTok and I can't fucking get off uh, it. I've learned so much on TikTok. <laughs>
1: I like when a friend sends me a funny thing like a TikTok that's funny and then I can share it with my like five friends from high school like I'm on like a group chat with my friends from high school I
0: like I like I get those from Rogan Tom and 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 Ari and I are on a chat and you'll get those mostly these days I, I don't know even know what country Ari's in but like me and uh Tom will text back and forth but it's always just like bullshit that only we would find interesting or a video of me lifting weights.
1: My high school friends and I uh, got obsessed with the uh, uh, wood, you know, the guy with the big black cock. Yeah. I mean, we, it it just became an everyday who could find the most unique meme of there've been
0: some really good ones with that
1: guy. And we just, it was nonstop for like the whole pandemic, like every single day there was another one. And now the joke is about just like, you know, how do we explain to our family that this is, that we're obsessed with like, black cock. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it black cock makes it better than just cock? I think it's just the size of that thing. I just said that I've just on Kurt Metzger's podcast the other day. Kurt didn't, uh, Kurt, who's like involved with the funny, you know, he wrote for Sacha Baron Cohen and he's involved in the funniest shit in the world. Had no idea who he was or had ever seen That one. tracks, that
0: definitely tracks. I can see Kurt not, kurt's kurt's an interesting guy and i i don't think he's an interesting guy and he's all in his head and he lives in his own world yeah what tell me i'll, I'll get you out of here i gotta go fucking i gotta piss big so a bad. dad. well we'll wrap it up
1: tell me about the album uh it's called sweet home Alabama. you and shoot it in alabama malabama
0: oh we, malabama i was like we call that's where, that's where i live
1: because like you know like the house is down on you know beach road in malibu and the colony and everything are like 40 million dollars there there's like there's 100 million dollar houses now in Malibu. Now, a bunch of them. There's they're building like 5 60 million dollar houses next to each other. Like it's insane and these people that I know that I'm friends with and you go over to their houses and you're like, "Wait, did you just say this house is 40 million dollars?" That's
0: insane. I can not I, I by the way, I I'm I have like issue with uh, like a million dollar house for our house that we live in are right now is a, is like worth A million dollars. And I go, seems like a lot, like, seems like more than you need in life. And it's a piece of shit.
1: Well, that's how I feel about our house. And I, and so we are up in the mountains where there are, you know, some, you know, Will Smith lives. Oh, I know know where you are. I know where you are. Yeah. He lives right down the road from me. And like Halsey lives in my neighborhood, you know, like, but the guy across the street operated on his own scrotum and like literally, Cut his own ball sack open and sewed it shut.
0: I actually think there needs to be more at home medicine done. <laughs> I'm. I, I was just I like telling someone the other day. I was like, I think I can't wait until they can green light at home dentistry where you can do your own dentistry, like Novocaine yourself. I'll
1: bet you if I talk to him and I, I'm not going to say his name, but he's. I'm very close to this guy. I'll bet you he's done some. Because, I know people that have because so surfers. A lot of the surfers I know are do sew up cuts yeah because you'll go on like boat trips they call them like you go like in the mentois or you go to like the maldives or somewhere and if you're in this like weird place in sumatra or something like i was going to sumatra with uh uh tommy chong's son paris chong yeah who's a buddy of mine really good buddy he owns a surf camp in sumatra and i was supposed to go uh surf with him and i go hey paris I'm, i'm a little worried about like how far like what am I going to do to get to an air and I have this insurance now where a helicopter will come get me. And
0: I've had that insurance for a while, by the way. And
1: and I was like, I'm a little worried about getting smashed on the reef. Like what's going to happen if, and he's like, Oh dude, you, you're fine. And you'll get out of there real quickly. And we'll, we'll motorboat you to blah, blah, blah. And he goes, and if it's just a cut, he goes, he goes, I'll, I'll sew you up. And I go, um, excuse me. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I'll sew you up. And I'm like, You'll sew me up, and he says, "Yeah, let me show you." He's like, "I'll show you some pictures of some Look at these ones I've done. Uh, This is my friend, and this is my friend, and this is my friend."
0: I would, I if I could do it properly, I'd sew myself up. I I, in a heartbeat, I would need to know. So there's a
1: cool thing you can buy. I saw it on one of those Facebook ads. Order this. There's a little rubber thing that you practice. Oh wait, I've been
0: seeing those all over the place. Yeah,
1: and you practice sutra in yourself. Oh, that sounds brilliant. Look, I would like to do it just to practice. I wouldn't want to. I was a ski patrol and did all kinds of shit on people. Like, but I never sewed anyone up or put a needle in anyone. I wasn't allowed to, but I saw some gory shit and I like gory shit. I don't think I'd want to sew a laceration up. I don't know. Where did you, where did you shoot the album? So I shot it at the ice house. We shot it just as a spec and we shot it right before the pandemic started. Oh God. And then I said, I think we're sitting on something good because no one has one and we have one. So luckily we just sold it to Australia. So it's going on national television in Australia, eight airings on, uh, Fuck yes. on like one of the top channels. So it was like the best thing I had ever done. Cause we shot it for like nothing. Really? And, uh, yeah. And so it's, it's called sweet home Malabama. Cause I always joke that where I live is not Malibu. It's Malabama. Yeah, because we're up in the mountains and there's Alabama. there's literally like people make their own moonshine and like and cut on know it's great scrotums. And there's like I found a rattlesnake dead on the road today. Uh, I rode over one like three days ago on my bike, my mountain bike. I was fucking flying and all of a sudden I went on a trail and I just went <laughs> and, and I killed it. I I went over and I went back and it was, I started throwing sticks. It it either played dead on me, but I didn't (laughs) want to get close enough. But I mean, there's literally mountain lions and coyotes and bobcats and, and just weird shit that goes on up there in the mountains. So it's all about that. Where can people get it now? Uh, It's on everything from YouTube, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes. If you go to my bio um, on Instagram at Eddie it's the link will take you to all of those because okay. uh, it's with 800 pound gorilla. So,
0: Oh fuck. Yeah. 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 So well, that dude, this is, shock. I can't wait to take a piss. I'll go show take you piss. the gym. I love you. You're my one I of my love you too. My I oldest friends you, in and I
1: love your house. It's beautiful. It's oh, gorgeous. Thanks. Your compound's incredible. You deserve all your success. <laughs> um, you do. You do. You 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 bust your ass. You put the pedal to the me- like most people get heat and get something going on good and they lay off. You fucking put the pedal to the metal. Oh, thanks, man. And and fucking hit it. And that's how you people really become successful. So you deserve. It's not like oh he just lucked out. It's like no, he he got it and then he didn't sit around he fucking busted his ass so thanks Eddie. I, I will, I will that, give brother. you that i mean no, other than that i don't think you're <laughs> i do think you're a pussy that you didn't do the crossfit games against uh, me.
0: But i wasn't training i didn't care about crossfit now i do Let's i i
1: would have put on a weight vest that would have put my weight to you yours You would never
0: be able to compete with me at my weight yeah i would and you got to drink the night before like i would
1: no, I wouldn't do the drinking. The drinking would <laughs> knock me out. The drinking, because I don't drink anymore. At all? Hardly ever, although I was over at, uh, the music on my podcast is, or uh, on my albums from Serge Tonkian, from System of a Down. Yeah. I was over at his house. Does he drink? He gave me Armenian uh, vodka the other night. We tried so hard to get that guy on this
0: podcast. Really? We tried so hard. Yeah, because I wanted to hear about
1: the, What's going on yeah, in Azerbaijan? Yeah, I wanted to talk about
0: it. Yeah, I was fascinated by it. they will tell you all about Azerbaijan. No, they, his people kind of just shut us just, out
1: put it uh, i'll take care of it okay um yeah so uh he's one of my best friends in the whole world and um he is one of the most incredible people and nicest 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 people like i don't know i met him and i was just like oh everybody in music must be like this and uh it's not huh and uh, i went and did kevin and bean one day and they were like oh you know sir and i was like yeah they're like he is the nicest guy in music and i was like well set it up
0: uh, i'd love to i don't know if that's still going on with armenia
1: uh it is it's trust me it's going on and it's fucking nuts that's how little i know about the news
0: all right go piss i'll show you my gym i love you congrats thanks